Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. Now, here's the host of the show, longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of United Soccer Coaches, Dean Linky. Last week, Dave Simeon was named Director of Education Programs for United Soccer Coaches. This week, one of the all-time greats, Nancy Feldman, announced she was stepping down after 27 amazing years as the head coach of the Boston University women's soccer team. Today on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast, we have Dave Simeon and Nancy Feldman, and we get started after this message from our presenting sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform, so you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by League Apps. I am Dean Linky. And on April 6th, United Soccer Coaches was thrilled to announce that David Simeon will be United Soccer Coaches inaugural director of education programs. As a member of United Soccer Coaches since 1984 and a former board of directors member, Dave Simeon carries a wealth of understanding and knowledge of the association with him as he enters this role. As the director of education programs, Dave will be responsible for managing and executing all educational content and the master education schedule for members, including the convention program. He will work in tow with our Director of Coach and Education, Vince Gansberg, and Director of Education Administration, Allison Pronsky, to deliver our members the best coaching education experience possible. As stated by Jeff Van Dusen, and I quote, Dave has an incredible passion for coaching education and our association. He will bring a unique knowledge skill set from his diverse experiences to our convention and holistic education programming in this new association role. Dave's previous coaching experience covers the game at every level, from youth soccer to the 99 FIFA Women's World Cup Championship team. In his most recent roles, Dave has spent 10 years as a state director of coaching in Texas, in addition to being the president of soccer development strategies and consulting for a number of clubs. We'll have more on some of the other cool things that Dave has done. But with that, I will welcome Dave as our leadoff guest to this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Dave, great to have you on. Dean, thanks so much. I appreciate the chance to talk with you and visit with you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure when I would see you around at Big Ten games or in Chapel Hill or whatever, I would run into you. And Dave, obviously the association is something that's been near and dear to you. Now you take on this role with Vince Gansberg, who I have great respect for as well. What does it mean overall for you to take on this job? My experiences with the organization going back to 1984 as a young coach, coaching with Howard Patterson at Midwestern State University, I can still remember my first few conventions and it was earth shattering for me because it was unique. 
for that time when there was no internet, no technology to speak of really. And to get to meet and see people, not only coaches like Jim Lennox, people at that time who were red aprons, who were icons like Walter Barr, Mr. Barr, getting a chance to see him and meet and talk with him. I mean, it's not like I saw him every week, but Every year when it came to the convention, I would hunt him down and spend 15 or 20 or 30 minutes with him because he was, there was no one else like him. So I think about just the host of people, staff coaches, Mike Berticelli, Michael Parsons, Jim Lennox. I mean, the staff coaches who are also college coaches that you get to know over time where paths cross through ODP and Nancy Feldman, Leslie Gallimore, and that whole group of women as they emerge, I think that's the the real interesting part of all this. Soccer is the game that brings us all together, but then you get a chance through United Soccer Coaches, you get a chance to interact with those people at different levels. That's what I feel is unique about it, and that's the meaning that I've drawn from it. Dave Simeone just recently announced as the new director of education programs with United Soccer Coaches. He'll work hand in hand with Vince Gansberg. We're going to get into some of the other resources that Jeff Van Dusen is pushing forward for you and Vince and the education department. But I do want to remind everybody that in your early days, you were pretty much responsible for putting your eye on big time names like Mia Hamm and Julie Ertz. That's that's saying something. What do you remember about that? What's really interesting about it is when I was in graduate school and coaching with Howard at Midwestern State University, we were two hours and 40 minutes outside of Dallas. When some of my guys had said to me, there's a young lady playing in Wichita Falls. And I said, there's no competitive women's or girls soccer. And this was the very beginning. I mean, John Kossaboon, the former director of coaching in North Texas, In 1984, he started to bring me in and work with the state teams. And then that first state team was like Carla Overbeck and Brandy Barnes. And I, we were all on the front end of coaching women at that time. So it was like, this was all really new. So when um, I heard about Mia, I said, well, there's no women's competitive soccer at the club level. And they said, well, she's playing with the Notre Dame high school boys. And she's basically giving them some lessons in competitiveness. I went out and I saw her play and I called John at that point. And I said, John, this, this young lady is, she's unique. Mm. And he said, uh, okay. Uh, so we ended up, he ended up inviting her into the youth. She was uh, 14 going on 15 at that time. You can't count on those things. You know, you don't know when those opportunities to see a player emerge, to see that, door open for her and for her basically in the next 16 months or 17 months to go from playing with a bunch of boys in district ODP, played with the U16 girls state team out of North Texas, U19 girls state team that same year out of North Texas. And then, you know, Lil, Christine Lilly emerged about that same time and Anson made the decision to take them both with the national team and the rest is kind of history, but what a story. Couldn't have counted on that. More modern day, Julie Ertz, tell us that story. I had been hired to go in and work Sereno Soccer Club and to direct the girls' side. 
The 92 team that she played on, it was a great team. There were a couple of kids in there, Ellen Parker, Sarah Jackson, who had played early on with the U.S. youth teams, 14s and 15s, I think. But Julie was not in that mix. There was a young lady, Ariana Romero, who eventually played for Mexico. We ended up with five internationals on that team. Julie was actually a little dinged up when I first started to work with that group. She had a little back problem and she got that resolved. And the more I worked with the group on the whole, but got a chance to see her and what a difference she was, her versatility, her mentality. And I called Dave Chesler, who was the under 18 coach at that time. And I said, you know, she's a little dinged up right now, but you need to see her. And I think she's going to be a difference maker. She went to Santa Clara. She had a great career at Santa Clara. In fact, a lot of those kids out of that 92 team had really good careers in either the Big 12, the WCC. It was a great group. But uh, she took it a step farther. I mean, she really had the motivation and prioritized things. I want to go. I want to do really well for Santa Clara, but I want to play in the league. I want to see if I can play for the full national team, and that's what I'm going to shoot for. She was incredibly focused at 16 and 17 to say, I'm going to try all this. And she backed it up. She applied herself and she's had a tremendous career. She has. She's so inspirational to watch uh, every game. She gives everything she has. As we're here with Dave Simeone, who was recently announced as the new director of education programs. A little bit more on Dave. He, like me, grew up in Ohio, graduating from Girard High School in Girard, Ohio, earning a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Northern Colorado and earning a Master's in Physical Education from Midwestern State University. In addition to becoming a United Soccer Coaches staff instructor, Dave is also a U.S. Soccer National Coaching Staff member and was a co-contributor on the National Youth License Curriculum for U.S. Soccer. As an educator beyond soccer, he is instructed as an adjunct in sport management at Washington State University and is currently an adjunct professor at Indiana University in Bloomington, one of my favorite places, in his current role as the assistant boys soccer coach at Prosper High School and also instructs in physical education. During his time at Midwestern State University, Dave served as the assistant coach with the men's soccer program that played in the NAIA championship game in 1983. So here's the deal. Jeff Van Dusen takes over. He's committed to putting more resources into education and including making sure that there's not just one person running the show, thus Vince and you and more resources being added. To know that you're part of this equation of more resources being added to an association that is so important to you, how does that make you feel, Dave? I'm incredibly indebted to the people who believed that I would be able to take on the responsibility and do a good job with it. And I owe them a debt of gratitude, but I also am well aware. I have a lot of friends who are members. I have a lot of colleagues who are members and who think highly of the organization and the history it has had in education and in bringing the game to the forefront in the United States. So I feel a lot of responsibility in this role to do well and to make my contributions and to bring to bear my experiences. I have to say, too, that Jeff Van Dusen 
is going to bring the right kind of resources and the right kind of priorities. I think Vince Gansberg is the right man for that job as the uh, coaching education director. I've known Vince over the past 10 years pretty well because I've gotten a chance to work courses with him. And I think he is an excellent educator and a bright guy when it comes to thinking about education and soccer coaching. We have a great staff. I've known a number of the staff, Allison Pronsky, who's the administrator. And I'm very excited also about meeting and talking with Angie Eliason, our new COO. So everybody I've met at the national office who's currently in a role there, I think they have a lot of great people to support what we're going to do in education. Yeah, you mentioned Vince Gansberg, as he mentioned on this podcast when he was officially named to his new role, that he's focused on the X's and O's, the residential and non-residential courses. But your role is different with a heavy focus on the convention. Talk about how you understand this role. When I first read over the description, the thing that struck me is that it is different because it's more strategic from the perspective of putting together a calendar of delivering over all our programs, but it's also different because the convention, I think it's probably 175 or 200 sessions between field and presentation. So the direction of all that, how do you put your arms around? And I think what's very important is to tie what's going on that year in soccer at the youth level, a lot of different segments in the, in the soccer coaching community. There's the youth level, there's the grassroots coach, there is the high performance coach. Then you have the high school coach, you have the junior high coaches that I think is an untapped kind of segment of, of our coaching community. You also have college coaches, division ones, two and three, NAIA, junior college coaches. I feel like high school coaches and college coaches are in a very unique environment because of the nature of when they can train their kids, when they can prepare their teams, when they play their seasons. We have 50 states. It's going in probably 40 different directions, but they all have some similarities in what they are interested in in their particular area. And then, of course, the pro game, both NWSO. USL, MLS are all growing, are all evolving. And let's face it, America and all of our other sports, we connect everything with the professional level. So when I look at all these different segments, we have to pull that together. We have to provide areas of interest and education, information, the whole technology piece what's happening with technology. It's not only happening in MLS and the NWSL and Division I college, men and women. It's permeated now. We use technology with Catapult at the high school that I coach and teach at. So the next level is how it gets in and how it's utilized and how coaches understand it. Uh, so just looking at all of that will be coming off of a men's World Cup that's going to be played in Qatar there's going to be a lot of interest ending that. And then the following year is going to lead into the Women's World Cup. So we have to have some interest in that. And we have to have a little bit of programming for that. There is a 
huge oyster out there, a huge buffet. It's just a matter of how do we prioritize that in order to serve all those different segments and whet their appetite and give them something that they're really craving. We'll have more with Dave Simeone and his new role with United Soccer Coaches, including more on the convention after these messages. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. We're kicking off the show with Dave Simeone, who's got a new exciting role in the education department with United Soccer Coaches. When we went to break, we talked about some of the things he's going to be doing with the convention. As we already know, Jeff Van Dusen has said the convention in Philadelphia will be more diverse than ever. So that is exciting. And it was so great to see everybody in Kansas City at the last convention after a couple years of COVID. Dave, you must be super excited to be back together with everybody in Philadelphia next January. We are. We're going to get started with that. We're going to understand and survey what it is we have that's already planned. We're going to do some tap-ins to the membership to understand a little bit about, and it's not even all the different levels. I mean, we have a lot of different segments in our coaching community, whether they are women or Latin Americans or African Americans, it's diverse in a number of different ways. So we have to look at all that and we have to produce something that is absolutely interesting. I think the thing that is so pivotal in education is as coaches, one of the things that we figure out is that you never stop learning. You never stop growing. You never stop evolving because when you do, then it's it. That's, that's where you are. So the game grows, players change, the playing parameters change. We're much more sophisticated now at the youth level. I remember when I was going to graduate school in 1983, There were only about six or seven clubs in Dallas that paid coaches, that were paid professional coaches. Horst Bertel, Keith Hodder, all of these folks that, Horst was a winner of UEFA Cup at uh, Hamburg uh, in South Texas. Wolfgang Sanholtz, who had played at uh, Bayern Munich. Tony Simoes, who played on Portugal's 66 World Cup team and played at Benfica for 10 years. I mean, those were the people that were getting paid to coach. There was not a plethora. Now we have this very wide swath. So we have to tap into how do we reach all those people? For me, you're right, Dean. The pandemic, it was not good for any kind of cohesion. So for me, this convention coming up in Philadelphia is about connecting, learning, and growing. We have all these different segments, but there has to be some commonality and the commonalities. We love coaching. We're absolutely just immersed in it. Whether you're a grassroots coach and you become fascinated with the game because your six-year-old is playing or you're an MLS coach, we are immersed in coaching. We just love it. We love the game. We love 
to learn how we can do things better or learn more about things. And I think one of the areas that we're looking to expand to, you know, which is so um, has emerged like technology, and we saw it, you know, 15 years ago or so with people like Bill Beswick, psychological components of the game, giving coaches a steady diet of that, but also just overall athlete well-being, how they mentally, physically, what is more holistic about this than just, um, I think, when people in my generation got into coaching, it was like, okay, how do we train the players to do this? We take it from our experiences or the coaches or whatever that we had. And then we would go and draw napkins at bars over a beer. And how, well, how do you do that? When you get 20 and 30 years into coaching, you realize more and more it's, yeah, we're trying to teach a sport, but yes, it's a human commodity that we're dealing with socially, psychologically, physically. Yes, for sure. So I think it's, I think coaching's become a little bit more complicated and the whole human wellness, athlete wellness factor of it is another area that's expanding. You nailed it. The key word there is holistic. And that is another word that Jeff Van Dusen has been pushing. And another reason why Jeff Van Dusen has made this all important hire naming David Simeon as the new United Soccer Coaches first ever director of education programs. Just two more questions for you, Dave, is if you are able to accomplish only one thing in this new and exciting role, what would that one thing be, Dave? Obviously, the convention is kind of the, the jewel. And so we want to reestablish the convention as the marquee event that coaches can come to and that coaches can learn, that coaches feel connected. I think this is a big part of it. Aside from all the technical and tactical information of all the specifics of our sport, no matter what level coaches are working at, that's important. I want them to feel connected. I want them to grow into, I want a young coach who's coming to their second or third convention this year in Philadelphia to be 10 years down the road and saying, I never knew how important, how pivotal my experience is, whether it's at the convention that leads me into a diploma course or a non-residential course, they come back and they get education through it and they form relationships with staff coaches and colleagues when they're there. If we do that and we're successful at it, I think that is, it's a marquee moment. We have to work to do that. We have to, we have to get coaches to connect. We have to provide an environment where coaches can connect and talk about what they have in common because that learns to leading or to learning from one another. This last question, I am asking for just one sentence, and that is, it used to be called NSCAA. It's now called United Soccer Coaches. When Dave Simeon hears those three words, United Soccer Coaches, what does it mean to him? It's obviously a transformation and evolution. I always thought that the connection and the unitedness was, was important. I just know we've got work to do, and united is part of it and we are soccer coaches and that's what we want to translate to everyone we're so glad we have a new director of education programs and we're especially glad that it's david simeon with all your experience that you're bringing in this all-important role thanks for kicking off this week's united soccer coaches podcast presented by league apps
It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. When we return, our second guest, the great Nancy Feldman, after 27 amazing years as the head coach of the Boston University women's soccer team and so much work for our association, United Soccer Coaches. She retired on Monday, and Nancy Feldman joins us next. The great Nancy Feldman, longtime coach of Boston U, heading off into retirement. United Soccer Coaches would like to thank all 2022 convention attendees, exhibitors, presenters, and volunteers for reuniting in Kansas City. You can relive all of the special moments from the awards banquet and All-America ceremony reception by watching the recordings now available on unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Remember to save the date for the 2023 convention in Philadelphia, January 11 through 15, 2023. The headline read, Nancy Feldman to retire after 27 years leading BU women's soccer. The legendary Terrier head coach is credited with developing BU into a, quote, women's soccer powerhouse. And it reads, after a 27-year tenure as the first ever head coach of the Boston University women's soccer team, Nancy Feldman announced her retirement on Monday, April 11th. Nancy Feldman has been the program's only coach since 1995 when it became a varsity sport. She concludes her career having amassed 418 victories, ranked 22nd all-time among NCAA women's soccer coaches and being named Conference Coach of the Year 12 times. Within hours of announcing her retirement, as expected, Nancy Feldman's inbox was flooded with messages of praise and congratulations from nearly three decades worth of players and colleagues. We'll have more on Nancy Feldman, but let's welcome her in right now. Nancy Feldman, here you go. You finally decided to step down. Listen, congratulations on an amazing career and how are you feeling now just a few days after announcing that uh, you're hanging up the, the soccer coaching shoes? Well, I feel it's the right decision. So I, I, and that's a really good place to be. It was my decision and I, and I, and I, pondered it since the end of the fall season and really took the time that I that I needed to take and I should take to um, make the decision to walk away from what is a most spectacular occupation and a great place to work at Boston University. And, you know, it's a lot. I knew how much I was giving up if I walked away and it was going to be once I said it, it was going to be final. I'm not pulling a Tom Brady and nor will they (laughs) probably welcome me back like Tampa Bay. Welcome back, Tom Brady. I'm not that good. I feel I wouldn't say relief, but I feel at peace. A little bit of a weight lifted because, of course, once I made the decision a couple of weeks ago um, after spring break, when I sort of finalized it in my own mind, I had to keep it under wraps for a little while. I wanted to get through our awards reception here where we uh, celebrate our graduating seniors and um, basically close the book on the 2021 fall season with our awards. So I didn't want to take any thunder away from our graduating seniors. And I really felt like it made sense to finish 2021. And as we start to look forward to fall 2022, that that was the appropriate time to make it public. Um, I feel good. I feel ready. I feel like it's the right decision. I feel like I'm not limping out or that, that they're kicking me out and I'm, you know, I would have loved to have, have, have been a part of the Patriot League tournament championship team in my last season, but we won a regular season this past year. I feel like I've left the program in a good place. I hope I'm still a respected colleague, and I, um, and I hope the players, um, you know, currently and, and past players you know, feel the same way about me that um, 
I gave 100%. Well, and that love goes beyond just what you did at Boston starting that program, but also with the association that you're on right now, United Soccer Coaches, as I got to believe there was a combination of all these people at BU and all these people, United Soccer Coaches, and every extension from there that you heard from as you announced uh, this big news on Monday. Yeah, funnily enough, Dean, the first phone call, I've got a lot of texts and I got a lot of emails, but the first phone call I received was from Joe Cummings. <laughs> and he and I go back way before he was the president uh, and then CEO of uh, United Soccer Coaches, NSCA, and then United Soccer Coaches. Uh, you know, colleagues like Paul Marco uh, reached out by phone, um, who I've uh, been a colleague with in the, in the coaching education program that United Soccer Coaches runs. And yeah, I, I, I believe that I stayed in the game as long as I did and um, improved myself, developed as a coach, as I think tried to evolve as much as I did as the game, I would say changed, um, evolved I, because of the United Soccer Coaches Association. So I, I owe a lot of thanks and I'm so grateful of my um, connection to the association because of the people, certainly colleagues, um, relationships, and also because it challenged me to continue to grow my leadership skills and my uh, knowledge um, of the game and, um, and, and just all in all sorts of ways to make myself a better coach. It's been really nice. You know, it's like on your birthday, you don't hear from anyone that doesn't like you and doesn't want to wish you a happy birthday. So uh, <laughs> I'm only hearing it's the rare time in your, in your career that um, you just hear about all the positive things that you've been or done for people. It's been really nice. Nancy Feldman led the Terriers to 13 conference tournament trophies, 14 regular season titles, and 14 national tournament appearances in her time at BU. And as she just mentioned, she was just one goal away from making it another appearance in the NCAA tournament. You think about all those trophies, all those memories. Are there two or three that come to mind at uh, during your time at Boston? The moments that were a bit unexpected, I think, stand out the most. Uh, and so the first championship we won in 2000, we started the program in 1995. We weren't full division one members until 1996. We played in the America East Conference and there was a team down there in Connecticut coached by a pretty good um, <laughs> coach himself and Mark Krikorian. Uh, that was the dominant, uh, the dominant team in the America East at the University of Hartford. And boy, was it, uh, they, beat up, they beat up on everyone in the America East for a few years. And uh, we were one of those teams. And the last year that Mark was there, in fact, the year right before or the season before he left to, to go to the Philly Charge in, the Rus in Rusa, um, we, uh, we beat them on their field for, for the championship. And um, it was our second recruiting class that were seniors. And uh, it was thrilling because it was, uh, they were amazing. And we had to play an absolute perfect game to beat them. And we did. And it was a hump that we needed to get over uh, when, you know, you have that team that you just, you know, you're constantly measuring yourself against and that uh, has, has been dominant and to, to, to bust through and to win that championship was an absolute thrill. We, as I said, um, 
to anyone who would listen after that, it was like gravy. We played in the NCAA tournament. We had to play a play-in game and we actually played Holy Cross and won an NCAA play-in game at the time. It was a, I think a, called a play-in game. So I don't know officially if it was an NCAA tournament win. I think so. But regardless, I almost don't remember even what happened after that. Like we won the conference and it was like, all right, we've arrived, you know, and then the bar raised. Um, and that, and that, and that was, you know, then the, the, the actual expectations were that, you know, we're going to win championships. So when you won them, you're like, okay, we're supposed to win them. Um, of course the players had exhilaration and joy. And I was like, Oh, relief. Like we won. Yeah. All right. We won. Thankfully. Um, that's a great achievement, but we're expected to win. Uh, so the next like completely joyful moment was in, uh, 2005 when we won the conference and that was the America East again. Uh, we had gone through a stretch of a bunch of, of championships, but that one uh, then put us in the NCAA tournament against UConn at UConn. And at the time they ran the first and second round at the same location. So there were four teams there. We played in the first game against UConn and BC and Dartmouth played in the second game. And we beat UConn on UConn's pitch in a, in a golden goal. And it was just one of the most thrilling victories in my coaching career, um, you know, pick pile moment. And um, again, I know we played a game two days later against BC and had a chance to knock them off. We lost by a goal, but the game, you know, the season and the, and it, it was, it was, it was a resounding success. I mean, we, we, we beat a team that we weren't expected to beat. And then the 2015 um, team that, that won the third championship in the Patriot league, uh, was matched up against uh, St. John's. They were rated ranked higher than us. We went to St. John's to play in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It was at that time now a single game for the first round. And um, another one that, you know, we were supposedly the underdog and and we beat that team. You, uh, Ian, Ian Stone, who is a colleague that I hold in very high regard, class act. Um, we were victorious in a sudden victory goal game and memorable. And there were alumni that came out to that game with their children. And that's what actually made it even more special. I won't name them because they, a couple of them were drunk, but um, they, <laughs> uh, they were cheering us on and I think willed us to victory. Um, and they were a part of it, which made me so happy that they were, they were so um, uh, supportive and they were so proud and they were so into it and it mattered so much to them. And then, you know, finally, I think the best game um, in, a, in an NCAA tournament uh, moment that we ever played was in 2018 at LSU. The whole event going down there, won again, won the Patriot League on our field, uh, which is a wonderful championship moment, and then went to LSU. Um, there's no direct route. I mean, if you can't find a direct flight from Boston to anywhere in this country, you know that, you know, that's pretty unusual. Well, there's no direct flight to Baton Rouge. So we got a charter plane, you know, and we felt pretty big time being on a charter. I know some some of the coaches out there are used to that at some of those big time schools, but we we don't charter very often. In fact, never. So we got down there and and we played the game of our lives. And, and it was and the thing was. It was the it was it was the best we could be, and we played it on the most important game of the year. And um, from start to finish, uh, it was a tie game at the end of uh, overtime, and we lost in PKs. And it was really sad because we would have loved to have gone on, and I thought had a team that could win a couple more games in the NCAA tournament. But I was so darn proud of the performance that 
besides just having to hug kids because they were so disappointed at the result, I couldn't have been prouder. And I, and I felt like it was just a moment I'll never forget just about our performance. And I really have been about performance, Dean. You know me pretty well. And it's a result-oriented business, but I'm a process person. And it, and, and it, it was sort of a proof that the way we were doing things and how we were coaching and what we believed in was working because we played a beautiful game of soccer. And Nancy Feldman has done so much for this beautiful game that we love so much at Boston U, so much for United Soccer Coaches. And we come back, we'll talk more with Nancy Feldman, those processes and everything that made her time at Boston so special. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Nancy Feldman is very much a process person, but she's also a person that cares about uh, her athletes and her family. We'll get into that a little bit because she's a true Bostonite. It's interesting that she mentioned Tom Brady as well because I love some of those stories. I guess the, the only big disappointment is that somehow in that top five, six, or seven, you know, the NSCA game of the week on Fox Soccer Channel didn't make it. <laughs> it should have. I'll put that in number four position. <laughs> That was a good time. I mean, you always like stepped up and had us come in. Those were fun times. They were. And that tells you a lot about Boston University. But when I came to, when I, when I went to the athletic administration about supporting us to be on Fox soccer game of the week, they were all in. And, um, and there was a commitment or some resources to do that. Uh, but there was no question that they wanted to put us uh, out, out in front and, and support that. And that just tells you all you need to know, which is why I stayed here at BU for as many years as I did is because the support of the um, athletic administration and really from the president on down has always been about um, excellence and supporting excellence uh, as it, uh, of course, in its place with the academic, um, you know, principles and um, making sure these women and all our student athletes get an amazing education. And that certainly is a priority, but their support of athletics has allowed us to achieve the things we achieved and is why I stayed here because um, we had everything we needed to to be successful. For me, it was eye-opening because it gave me a front row seat in what other people saw, because we now know during your coaching career, you earned numerous accolades, several of them from United Soccer Coaches, including its Excellence in Coaching Education Award, the Long-Term Service Award, and Women's Soccer Award of Excellence, the last chosen in conjunction with the Women's Soccer Advocacy Group and WAGS, Women and Girls in Soccer. In addition, you were inducted into BU Scarlet Key Honor Society, one of BU's highest academic honors, in 2009, and Martin Walsh, then Boston Mayor, I love this, declared December 11, 2018, Nancy Feldman Day in recognition of her contributions to Boston University and the city. I mean, all of those, I, I get chills thinking about all of those, including having your own day named after you in a city that you love so much. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty special. I mean, I we, we'll, we'll have to off air go over like how that came to be, but um standing in the mayor's office and having him acknowledge us and the captains were with me. Uh, and that was after that 2018 season. Um, and that the captains um, and the assistant coaches shared that 
uh, that that uh, moment with me, as did my partner, uh, Emily. So yeah, that that was a that was a special one. I'm glad you brought out the date because I actually didn't remember what exactly date it was. So I feel like I should be able to go into every any restaurant or bar in Boston on that day and get a free. Food. <laughs> I second that and third it as well. Absolutely, just just incredible. And so Nancy, when you looked in the mirror and said, "This is time," what was it about what you saw or what you felt that said, "This is time"? When it when I when I no longer could meet the expectation of, you know, having enough in my tank to give the next group of student athletes and my team, you know, my hundred percent. I just, uh, yeah, that that's that's when I knew that. Um, and and so it was clear. It was clarity. Um, I have always expected a lot from myself but I've also expected a lot from the people around me. Ask my partner, um, but my, my student athletes and my assistant coaches and even my administrators and, and all the support people here at BU. Like sometimes I think they saw me coming and they ran the other way because I would, you know, I was always holding a bar pretty high. And, but I did hold myself to that same standard. And once I felt like I was, not didn't have the energy to quite do that. Um, I just knew it was time to hand this wonderful program on to, over to somebody else. So before we ask you about what your future holds, I do want to go back to the point I made earlier. And of course, as we already said, you had Nancy Feldman Day. I mean, you love Boston. I think your family loves Boston. I remember you talking about all the Boston teams. Can you just share with our audience uh, your love for Boston and Boston athletics? As I was telling someone else this morning on an interview, it's funny. I, I'm actually second generation born Boston, like immigrant from, from Russia, Poland, Ukraine, you know, all, it was all sort of mush, mushed together at the time when my grandparents came over when they were young children. So my parents were the first generation to be born here in Boston, and uh, and then we were second generation. So I, I, honestly, before I went to Chicago to work at Lake Forest College, um, I didn't think there was another city that was bigger than Boston in the whole wide in the whole wide world. You know, I never had gotten on a plane uh, when I was uh, before I was a uh, in my twenties. Um, I don't think. Um, so, you know, it sounds kind of like, wow, I mean, she's pretty insulated, but I felt like, you know, I was worldly in a lot of ways because my parents were, you know, just, they were just um, really wonderful. As, you know, they wanted us to be educated and they, and they wanted us to see beyond our own neighborhood. But, but, but I really, I was very Boston centric. I bet something I'm trying to get at. And I really didn't think there was any other city bigger than Boston or any other place better than Boston. When I drove into Chicago, I remember coming out of Gary, Indiana and starting to see the skyline of Chicago. <laughs> I was by myself with my puppy, Puma, and um, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe that the skyline was about four to five times the size of the Boston skyline. I just was like, there's no way that this, this is so big. So um, I love Boston. It's, it's my home. Uh, we have roots here. My whole family is here. And, and grew up here and my parents, you know, raised us here. And I just, I love the sports scene here. Bobby Uo was my first um, crush. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I thought I was gonna play for the Red Sox. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. that's just the way it was. 
reading from this article again, written in BU today, and I want to credit their author, Brady Gardner, who did such a fantastic job. Well done, Brady, as uh, you really did a great job covering Nancy and what, what she's meant for sure. And one of the things that uh, you say in here is you say that looking back on nearly three decades at BU, Nancy Feldman says she hopes she will be remembered for how she helped her players develop both on and off the field. Reading from your quote, and I start, quote, hopefully by being challenged, they grew, learned more about themselves and became stronger, empowered and prepared for life. That really is the legacy I hope to leave. Nancy, you were saying that back in the early 2000s when I was covering your game. So that's never changed. It has never changed. And, and, and I don't know where, you know, where that came from or why that became my philosophy. I, I imagine I took a little bit of this and a little bit of that from the coaches that I played for, certainly my parents. I think I took a lot from, but it, it just, it was a core philosophy. And, and I, had a, I had camp experience and I had a great leader at the camp I used to go to. So I think I like meshed together all the leaders I had a chance to watch or you know, play under or work under. Um, and again, my own upbringing, and it just, it, it was a strong core philosophy and it, it, it really, and when I, when I mentor young coaches, I, I try to advise them to at least have that as the starting point is what, what are the non-negotiables? What, what is the foundational uh, core philosophy that you're going to bring to the table, no matter what, no matter if it's hard, no matter if you're seeing success or not seeing success, no matter if you have some naysayers out there that don't think it's the right way to do it. And I don't mean that you don't evolve, but I think that, 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 that core foundational value about what's important to you. I think, I think you have to have it. You have to know it and you have to stay true to it. Um, and um, I'm not a, by no means have I hit the mark perfectly every single time I've made my share of mistakes. I've tried to learn from them, but I've, I, I've, think I've never wavered for from the desire and the intention and the sincerity and the honesty of of trying to do just what you said there. So what does the future hold for Nancy Feldman? Can you tell us? Well, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I, I, I can pretty much be certain I'm not going to be coaching soccer anymore. I, mean, I, I can say that I don't I don't see myself coaching soccer in my future. I might work at camp this summer in a, in a day camp that my partner runs um, and do something different at the, in the camp um, that isn't necessarily sport related, but be, a, be a, in, a, in a leadership position there. And then after the summer, I know for sure that this fall, I'm not going to do anything because it's been over 40 years since I've had a fall, a September and an October where um, I could um, enjoy nature. I love to hike. I love to walk. I love to be at the beach. I love to um, be on my bike. Uh, and the fall around here in New England is some of the best time in New England to, to be outdoors. I, so I know I'm going to be outdoors and I know I'm, I'm not going to have a job in the fall and I'm going to enjoy it. And then we'll see. We'll see what opportunities that might be um, out there for me for work or for uh, avocation or volunteering or yeah, just trying a new endeavor or um, we'll travel a bit. I, I, I really, I really don't know. That's fair, but adventures await for you and your partner and everybody that that's close to you, I'm sure, as you continue to enjoy life. How involved do you want to be in who replaces Nancy Feldman at BU? I actually, in the, in the stage now where they're starting the hiring process, I'm, I'm really actually not that interested in being involved. I think that what's best for the program is for me to step to the side 
and let the process, let the administrators here at BU, who I trust immensely, care about the program, know what's gonna, what person's going to be the right fit. I'm going to let them do their job. If they want me to give feedback once they get down to a final pool, I am happy to do it. I hope our student athletes are heard, uh, but they won't make the decision either, nor should they. Uh, but I hope they're heard and I hope they're involved in the hiring process. Um, uh, you know, we have a lot of alums that are coaching out there. I'm proud of the coaching tree that, uh, that I've maybe helped be a part of creating. Um, so, you know, if it's an alum, I'd be thrilled. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it will be a good person. As I said to a couple of our student athletes, look around at the coaches in this department. There's a common theme. They're all great people, great educators, passionate about what they do, love BU, and um, you know care about the kids, not only as athletes, but as people. So that's common. So that next person is going to have those qualities. I'm sure of it. Nancy, I love it. Last question, as you talked about great people and great educators, I feel like United Soccer Coaches also represents those words. What is your message to the entire family at United Soccer Coaches as you head into retirement? Carry on. What you do is important work. We shape uh, young people's lives, and um, there's no more important job than that. Nancy Feldman, it's been an honor to get to know you. It was so great to be a part of those games of the week and then see you at the conventions. And you know what? You've earned this time to enjoy yourself and enjoy life. Thanks for all you've done to make the game better, to make these young people better, to make all of us better. Thanks so much, Dean. I'm telling you, folks, they don't make it much better than Nancy Feldman. I want to thank her and Dave Simeon. I want to thank Jeff Van Dusen, Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.